Hey guys, Paul here. Um, I'm on the road right now, so to speak, a road game here. I'm actually uh, at my sister's and so brought my other computer, don't have my full setup and I thought I properly placed the Audacity files with the uh, intro and everything so that I could do it here from my sister's, but I did not. So there is no intro, but there is a podcast. So we're just going to dive right into it. I just felt like I would explain that. But hey, you also don't have to listen to the uh, to the ads today. So you get, a, you get a reprieve from that. But you should have Out of the Park Baseball anyway because it's awesome. And you should take a look at RotoQL. But anyway, here's the episode. Sammy Reed joins us. Bye. Welcome to episode 571 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, July 5th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Justin Mason. And we have a special guest, Sammy Reed, in the house. What is up, gentlemen? Yeah, buddy. Good to be here, man. Thanks for coming on. We're glad to have you on. You were just on with Justin um, on a pod. Can I say that, or am I, am I blowing? Am I just like No, no, I mean, dropping? they'll probably be up around the same time anyways. That's true. Um, actually, I edit yeah, both I gotta, of them, so. You do, you do. I got to make sure that. I have the necessary means to post it. I'm at my sister's right now, so I don't have my whole setup. I might sound a little bit different because I'm not on my mic, but uh, we're making it work. How was y'all's fourth? I mean, mine mine was great, man. It's just beer and hot dogs and burgers like you're, you're all American July 4th. And, of course, had to kind of come home early to, to console my dogs at fireworks time. So Yes, I am. I'm dog sitting for my sister, and so... The three of them just not not loving it. Charlotte just kind of running around like, what 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 is this? What why? And just borking at it like her pathetic little bark. If you have to be like a tough dog to get a bark, hers are borks. They're just like little wimpy, <laughs> trying to be tough, just borking around. So that that's that was that. Um, Justin, how was yours? Uh, I mean, it's okay. Like I I took my my wife and my kid over to like the local fairgrounds. Yeah, we watch the fireworks from there, which is always like the worst. Like, like it's so many people, and like people are so inconsiderate, and they have this live band that's been playing there for like a generation, um, that does like all cover cover stuff. And uh, this year, I guess they decided that they were gonna swear throughout throughout oh. their songs, which is with super great. There. Yeah, with all the families there, so like they're dropping f bombs and, and things like that. I'm like, oh, th- this this is awesome. So it Listen, was <laughs> it wasn't I'm the best for it. Curses, as yeah. everyone who knows me knows, but there's a time and a place, mm-hmm. and a family friendly fireworks show is not the time that you're doing your Eminem covers where you're saying all the lyrics. Like, yeah. Get real. That's that. That's that's ridiculous. I, I have a I have a I have a conflicting take. I'm all for it. And <laughs> as somebody who as somebody who doesn't have kids, I'm fully out of my element. But yeah. You know what? They gotta learn it sometime. Let's go. Oh. <laughs> like I don't mind it for like my family because I I swear in front of my daughter. Like it's like that's, I, a, that's a good dad. That's I just. A good dad. And and I teach her like, hey, this is like these are these are the words. Like I don't like 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 spell them out for her or anything like that. But I'm one of those people like I'm gonna swear. I know it's gonna happen, and I figure if I the less big deal I make out of it, yeah, the less often that she's going to say things like that. And she knows what she can and cannot say. And she she such has a good thing. take. Yeah. Such a good take. I completely agree with that. My parents, you know, when growing up, they all they both swore like sailors to be honest and it was the old you know do as i say not as i do because if i said something they're like well you said it yeah i can say it 
And so we understood what was what. But then you go to some of these kids' houses where you say hell and, uh, you know, there's like a record scratch and a dish drops in the kitchen. Like everything just stops cold on a dime. Like what what was just said? And it's like you give those words all that power, uh, that, that's when it's going to become a problem. But no, I, that's I'm with exactly there. right. And those, those I, kids are going to grow up and they're going to have no sex in their life and it's going to be terrible. <laughs> so, you know, don't do that do to your nothing. children. They're going to be super sheltered. But, I, but right. I'm, I'm okay with saying, like, listen, if we're going to do this family-friendly thing, there's no, there's no need for it, I guess, is the thing. Because yeah. Justin made it suggest sound like they haven't done it before. So why yeah, no, they, they, not? This, this is a group that has, like, performed, like, I think I've gone, like, the last five or six years and I know they've performed for years before that, and like have never sworn, like I've never heard it. Um, and like, was this year I was like, "Holy shit!" Ooh. Of course, now I'm swearing on podcasts. <laughs> they're 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 a bad influence on you, Mason. They, they've oh. influenced you. They oh my you. gosh! Let's let's out the guys. No, I'm just kidding. All right, let's talk some baseball, guys. Uh, by the way, how weird is it when the fourth is in the middle of the week? It felt like a weekend yesterday, and then I'm like, I'm streaming, and I'm like, I actually have to go to bed, guys, because I do have to work tomorrow. So like, we can't stream like it's a saturday night but uh, it's so weird when you have to just dive right back into it but we do have baseball we had plenty of baseball yesterday and we have plenty to talk about with us we're gonna start with some sad news y'all uh the best player in baseball apparently uh, glaber torres all he does is hit home runs uh, second best behind Juan Soto. <clears throat> <laughs> on the dl with a hip strain and uh you know that's usually how these things come crashing down when 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 young players are kind of riding sky high as they get cut down by an injury uh or natural regression but uh, this one's going to be an injury and it's kind of a bummer he's having an amazing season 294 355 55 with 15 home runs i don't think he hit 15 home runs in his entire minor league career combined that's a little bit of an exaggeration but not much because he did have 24 in 1,591 innings. And something that we've been talking about recently is uh, you have to add power when guys come up. You see their power grade and it's a 40, I make them a 50 coming into the majors. It, it, it's it's a run environment like any other. And even though it is tougher because it's the majors, uh, power is amplified. And so we've seen 15 homers from him. Sammy, we have a hip strain now from Glaber Torres. Are you concerned about this as a long-term thing? And what is your uh, rest of season outlook on Torres, assuming it's more of a... Uh, two to three week thing and he's back. So I, I think the thing with Torres and, and you mentioned this is that players are coming up from the minors now and hitting for more power than they ever have. Um, you know, think of Francisco Lindor a couple years ago or yep. Juan Soto. I, and there's a million examples. And for me, I, you know, I kind of missed the boat a little bit on Glaber. Cause I was like, dude, he's going to hit, you know, eighth or ninth in that order. He's more of a well-rounded prospect than a power guy. And all of a sudden he comes up and he's slugging five fifty-five. Um, so that's, you know, that's a, that's a tough thing to reconcile if you're not early on him. But I think it's one of those things where he has not hit his, his slump yet. And all young players will hit a slump because they come up like gangbusters and then the league adjusts to them and then they have to readjust. He hasn't hit that readjust period yet. And so when you throw an injury into the middle of it, it kind of makes me a little bit soured in the sense that I think you can get higher value for him than he'll produce the rest of the season. So it's also one of those things where he hits low in the lineup. He's going to have fewer chances for runs and RBIs, et cetera, than other players that are hitting at the top. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a bunch of plate appearances over the course of the season. So mm -hmm. if I have Glaver and there's some news that says, hey, he's going to be fine. He's coming back in, you know, two, three weeks, you know, two weeks, something like that. 
I'm going to start searching for deals because I think there's a ton of value you can get from him. Yeah, I think with with Gleyber Torres, you could probably plan for uh, through the All-Star break because I think he's not the earliest he can come back, I guess, would be, what, the 14th then on a 10-day. And then the the break is like right after that. So I'm not even sure if they're going to bring him back before then. Justin, when you're looking at Gleyber Torres and everything he's done this year, obviously we're all going to have some regression baked in here. But uh, is he somebody that that you're still valuing as, I don't know, a top, five second baseman no no i don't know i don't think so and i mean I, you and i uh but i think i, I kind of beat the drum on, on being the low man on glaver torres before the mm-hmm. call up um i'm still there i mean don't get me wrong like he, he's outperformed my expectations for him uh but the regression had already started to happen the batting average was coming down there was a little bit less power in the last month um and I, I think that was going to continue somewhat. So, no, I don't think he's a top five second baseman. I think he's firmly in the top ten. Um, All right, but I think it's towards the bottom end of that. Let's throw some names, okay? Uh, let's, again, assume a modicum of health and that um, he's going to come back. Let's just call it right after the, the break for, for Torres. So, rest of season, Justin, uh, Matt Carpenter or Glaber Torres? Carpenter. Sammy? Okay. Yeah, definitely Carpenter. What about uh, Glaber versus Cesar Hernandez? Start with Sammy. Oof. That's, that's close to a break-even point. I will go with Cesar, uh, but it's very close there. And, and I acknowledge that it's probably a needs-based sort of thing because uh, Cesar's going to give you the speed, whereas Glaber's going to give you the power. Justin, where are you at on those two? Yeah, okay. it's, it's Hernandez and uh, I don't remember who the other one. Oh, Carpenter was the other one, so yeah. Uh, okay, and then one other... Uh, Chris Taylor, Justin. Chris Taylor versus Glaber Torres rest of the season. I'm going to go Taylor, but I think that is, that, that's the breaking point for me. Okay. Uh, Sammy? <sighs> Give me Taylor. Give me Taylor. Yeah. So, so, it, it, Taylor hits higher and higher in the lineup, and I think over the course of a half a season, those extra plate appearances end up meaning a lot. Extra plate appearances, and like you said, listen, I understand the idea of like the statistical principles that say, like, you can't say just because he's good that he's going to be bad. Like, that's not how statistics work. If there's five heads in a row, you can't say that there's going to be, you know, five more or whatever the the thing is when people say, well, he's due for a cold streak. Like, people, statistical people really buckle at that. And yet that's how baseball works all the time. It is without fail that you see a guy like this riding this high, whether it's a rookie or not, but but particularly with a rookie, that they have an evening out period where the league figures them out because you just don't hit at your peak for a full season unless your name is Mike Trout. Okay, it's it's just that simple. And so there's going to be a smooth out period. So if he's more of a 800 OPS the rest of the season instead of a 900 for Glaber. Then what are you really getting? And then Sammy brings up the point with the volume in that place. So I, I think this is a good time, even though he's on the DL right now. I still think it's a worthy time to go ahead and start shopping Glaber Torres and, and seeing what you can get. Because I think even with the injury, you're not going to get uh, killed too much on a discount. You're going to might have to get a little bit lower than you would have uh, a couple days ago when he wasn't hurt. But it's not going to be killer. All right, guys, sit down for this one because this is going to blow y'all's mind. And if you're driving, please pull over because I cannot create accidents with this because it's just it's too shocking. And when you hear something like this, your reaction is to either like yank the steering wheel or spontaneously combust because Rich Hill got hurt and I don't know what to do about it. When you see a model of health 
and just uh, a paragon of fitness like this go down, what do you do? You know, it's like when the big celebrity couple uh, finally divorces, as every single one of them does, the one that you believed in. What do you do? Because your whole world is shattered. I just can't believe that Rich Hill got hurt, guys. He exits with a neck issue. Now, it was doing the, the coolest thing ever, uh, being a hitter or base runner in this instance. Oh, and such it, a, such a fan of that. You know so me. So cool. So awesome. So necessary. Because, guys, uh, like eight eight pitchers hit home runs during the year. What if we lose those amazing moments? Oh, oh my Otani's God. already got six. Well, well, obviously he's an exception. And listen, I know some of the guys can swing it a bit and it can be fun, but is it worth it for the injuries? Yeah, I think he like tumbled into home Mm -hmm. and I was kind of watching that game on mute and I saw him just kind of doing the thing like where you're twisting your neck a bunch. And then when someone called him in the dugout to turn around, he had to turn his whole body. And his head fell off. Well, yeah, it did fell off, fall off, and then the first base coach put it back on. But I, that I just know there's camera. somebody out there that actually pulled over while you were telling them to pull <laughs> over, and now they're so pissed at you. They're like, oh, sport. I should never listen to that guy. He's such a douche. Sorry, I am. I can't help it. But Rich I, Hill. I, I just want to point out that like uh, Michael Renzen has like three home runs already, too. He does. Okay, so make him a hitter instead of a pitcher. I, I don't know what to tell you. Listen, some of these guys can swing it a little bit. It's not worth it. For the injuries, this guy already has the most fragile skin ever, um, and and now you're going to be having him out here running, and he hurts his neck. I would imagine this is going to put him on the DL because it's Rich Hill. What are you guys doing with this, Justin? Are, are you uh, are, are you in on the Rich Hill anywhere? Do you have to deal with this headache anywhere on on your leagues? I picked him up in a shallower league, and I'm going to have no problem just dropping him. This is why I wasn't in on Rich Hill coming into the season last year yep. or this year. Um, but also, I, I, I did say, I think, a few weeks ago that I, I would pick him up as long as I could absorb the injury because the injury is going to come again. You just, you know, this time it's to his neck as opposed to the skin on his hands. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's just a matter of, if you if you can drop him, you drop him. If not, you, you stash him and hope that he's back here somewhat uh, somewhat quickly. Because when he is pitching well, he's actually a very very good pitcher. It's really really good. And he That's has been part. pretty decent as of late. Last two starts, you know, versus Colorado, ten strikeouts, one earned run, and six and two thirds. And then before getting hurt, he had five strikeouts in five innings and given up two runs. So not too bad. So. Uh, I hope this doesn't send him to the DL. Well, actually, I mean, as a Giants fan, I do, but um, <laughs> no, we as a pa- yeah, uh, he's going, he's DLing for sure. Like, he, has, he has to. Yeah, there, there's so, just no way. I, I, I mean, that's rich. That's where Rich Hill loves to loves to be. That's his like vacation home is the DL. <laughs> Sammy, it's, it's the I, retirement I, I, home. Yeah, it is. It is his retirement home. I scooped him in a couple weeks last year and was actually blessed with um, a spike in innings. He actually threw 136 of quality ball. And that was it for me. I said, you know what? I got the one year. I got pretty good uh, return on it. I dealt with the headache. I was a thousand percent out this year. The the price could sink, and I just didn't care because I didn't want to deal with the headache. I even was like, he could basically be what he's been the last two years. I don't want the headache. Do you have Rich Hill anywhere? And if so, how are you dealing with the headache this year, Sammy? Woof. I, I do have him in one league in uh, the Great Fantasy Invitational. So. Uh, he's just been taking up permanent residence on my DL, but I'll say this. I'm actually back in on Rich Hill right now. And 
the reason is, is because whoever owns him is sick and tired of his nonsense. They're true. They're ready to just drop this guy. And I think the big thing with Hill is that on his rehab assignment, uh, they noticed uh, Honeycutt noticed on video that Hill's alignment toward home was faulty. And so he he kind of uh, suggested that he transfer the weight on his back foot from his toe to his heel. And that kinetic adjustment really started doing wonders for Hill. He was striking a bunch of people out on his rehab assignment, cleaned up his motion. He said that it helped him get his spin rate back on his curveball. And if you look at what he's done since he got back from the DL from all that, he has four walks against 26 strikeouts. Ooh, that's like, huge. He's doing great. And so I think the skill is there for Rich Hill. You look at his season stats, he's over a 450 ERA, over a 137 whip, and you're like, dude, this guy's not healthy or good. I think Rich Hill is good, and I think you could get him in trade for nothing if you have a spot you can stash him on the DL. I'm, I think he's one of those guys that could provide you, you know, not a ton of innings, but say 70 really quality innings in the second half, and I think there's a lot of value in that. All right, so Sammy's buying Rich Hill. I'm in. Go get okay, him. Okay, okay. Listen, he is a quality starter, and those are difficult to find. So I I, I can't rule it out, and especially in, in some leagues where people are probably dealing with, like, 80 billion injuries and they don't know what to do. They see a guy like that, like Rich Hill, and he can be kind of an oasis uh, in, in the desert of, of pitcher injuries. So I, I can I can get that. I don't want to deal it's with all, that. It's all just a price thing. It's all a price That's true. thing, right? But but it's also you have to be smart and and self-assess if you're going to deal with the headache too, right? Some folks are a little bit more hands-off. They don't want to deal with too much. They like more of the set it and forget it guys. And if that's you, then don't get Rich Hill because this is work. And there is a payoff because he does have quality innings almost every year. But do you want to put in the work? Uh, and maybe you have this next guy, and that's why you need a Rich Hill. You Darvish, no plans to throw yet. This has turned into a nightmare season for him. Sammy, um, you know, obviously there were folks that were worried based on the the World Series starts. I don't think that that was necessarily fair or, or I don't think that that's like good process, good outcome here. If, if that's what they did, I think that would be bad process, good outcome if people were fading Darvish because of that. But I do worry uh, ab about Darvish at this point because it's been such a disastrous season. And I'm just wondering, like, where are we at with Darvish? Like, what is the, not just immediate future, but where are you kind of rest of season and into next year with you, Darvish, Sammy? Uh, I'm super low on Darvish. And I completely agree with you that his couple World Series starts were not anything to really get that scared about because we're talking about the balls being different, the seams being lower, the balls being slicker. And for a guy who really relies on his breaking stuff, it's like, okay, I'm willing to give him a pass there. But this year has just been a disaster. You're talking about the injuries, but you're also talking about a real downtick in his stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, his his swinging strike rate has gone down. This is the third straight year it's gone down. And this season, he's, he's only getting 26% of uh, his pitches out of the zone to get swung at. Char Charlotte doesn't even like him. She's like, no, that, she is That's my sister's dog. I have no idea what they're barking at. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that's that's kind of what dogs do, mate. Uh, you know, he's got a 26% O swing. That is by far and away the lowest rate in the major leagues. And you have to understand, I mean, we think maybe you Darvish is kind of young. He's almost 32 years old because he didn't come over here that young. I think we probably saw you Darvish's peak and now he's coming down the other side and, and it's sad, but dude, when you're having like shoulder injuries and all this stuff on top of 
you know, bad performance, I mean, it's it's time to cut bait. Bad contract for the Cubs, man. Justin, I, I have kind of a rule of not getting high-profile free agents in their first year, uh, pitchers specifically more so. It's, it's, not, it's not a hard and fast thing. Not all of them falter. I think uh, Johnny Cueto, who, by the way, comes off the DL tonight, uh, was, was good that first year. It's like you can go find ones that are good, but by and large, I feel like there's an adjustment period that I just don't want to deal with. So Darvish, that, that was my process to be out on Darvish, not because of the two World Series starts, just because, hey, I don't mess with those guys. But I am concerned. I share a lot of Sammy's concerns here, and I've always been a U Darvish fan. But I am worried that we're not going to see – and first off, I, I feel like he kind of missed the peak that we projected on him too, even when he was at his peak. So I think that Darvish is going to end up being kind of a, a good, not great starter, even when he does come back. Where, where, where do you stand with him, Justin? I think I'm going to be willing to take the discount because I think the discount will be huge after the implosion in last year's uh, World Series and then this kind of down year. Um, you know, it's it's hard because the control has just been a real issue this year. But if you look at, like, what he's been doing kind of first, second, third time through the order, he's actually been fantastic the first two times through the order and just gets creamed uh, kind of the third time through. So I almost wonder if this there's some usage issues going on, if uh, if he is tiring out quicker because of injury or you know just because he's kind of getting up there in age, uh, and maybe they just need to start pulling him a little bit faster. Uh, either way, uh, for this year, I'm obviously I'm, I think I'm obviously staying away, uh, but for next year, I think I'll I think I'll try to take a discount and see what I can get. I mean, worst case scenario. You're, you're going to be getting him so low that most likely you'll be able to drop him if he kind of repeats uh, the stuff this year. But uh, I think uh, I think there's still something left in the tank, and I believe. Definitely the kind of buy low I like to get in on, especially a guy I used to you know really like. So, yeah, if the price tanks, I'll be there as well. I can, I can even see. I think, Sammy, would you, would you as well if the price is – because you said everything's about price anyway. So even if you have concerns, if he falls off, Darvish does, are you buying back in, Sammy? Absolutely. I mean, it's it, this year it costs you what a fourth or fifth round pick. It was expensive. It's expensive, right? You're you're drafting him as your number two, maybe your number one. Next year you can probably draft him as your number four, and then it's all about upside. So, yep. absolutely. All right. So uh, let's move on to Walker Bueller. He's he'll be back after a sim game on Sunday, uh, or that's the the plan at least. Uh, they they gave him that nice little. Uh, uh, major league rehab out of the bullpen there. I think it was oh, on the tail. Well, I hope he wasn't that. in your lineup. Yeah, and, that's and, what I was and thankfully, I would think he wouldn't be for most people because I don't think he was slated to make a start anytime soon. So I, I, I feel like most people avoided that one inning, five run massacre out of the bullpen for Walker Bueller. But uh, I feel for you if you didn't. Uh, Justin, with Bueller coming back after Sim game, what, what are your thoughts on him the rest of the season? Because obviously they have like, 84 billion starters that they just kind of keep rotating DL to yeah, yeah, start. Exactly. None of them are healthy. No, they, they, this is, it's a merry-go-round there. It's a revolving door where, you know, Richo will go on the DL and Bureau will take his spot. That's probably how it's going to go. Um, innings count is obviously something to be mindful of with, with Bueller right now. Uh, is he somebody that you'd be buying for rest of season? 
I think he is. Uh, I've I've always been a Walker Bueller fan. Uh, I love the stuff when he when he's healthy and not uh, pitching with a, a what was a micro fracture in his rib. Micro fracture in a rib. Jeez, yeah. that sounds ungood. Yeah, I don't I don't see how you can uh, handle keeping your mechanics steady when you've got something like that going on. Um, I, you know, the hard part is what happens when Rich Hill is back or if Ryu comes back at any point. I don't even know what, what's going on with him. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think this is a team, and I think I mentioned it, I think with Jason, um, this is a team that needs a six-man rotation like any, like like more than any other team in baseball. Um, mm-hmm. It do- doesn't make a lot of sense that they keep trying to run these guys out every five days. Um, and I know it's hard when, when guys aren't healthy, but... Walker Bueller has elite stuff. I think he's going to be an ace at some point in his career, and I think he's shown flashes of that through the season. So uh, he's definitely a guy that I would try to buy low on if, if I could right now. I think I just flat out agree on all of that with Bueller. And listen, they, he might run into an innings situation. I'll deal with that when it happens. But this guy's a beast. The problem I'll is, like, that. can the Dodgers even afford to shut him down? It, that's the thing, right? If, it's if the, the health situation. If the health is such to where they they need him, then they're going to have to kind of figure it out. And maybe they they hit him with a couple of skips for Bueller to to lengthen that. But I'm not sure they can do a full shutdown. Sammy, uh, what are your thoughts on Walker Bueller? Rest of season primarily, because I think we all like him uh, or at least acknowledge that he can be great for the future. But coming back from the the rib, hopefully after a Sunday sim game, so he'll start, I, I guess that'd be next Friday. What do you think of Walker Beeler from that point forward? Uh, I'm pretty in on him. And so uh, my buddy Doug Thorburn just did a big breakdown on him on the Baseball Holics pod. And Dougie. Dougie. And he said some stuff that got me so far in on Walker Bueller, I didn't even know I could be this in. because Spoiler alert, I haven't listened to that episode I yet. I haven't That's either. So I'm for tonight, but okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Well, I can I can only uh, replicate what Doug said so far, but like you know, Doug takes about twenty minutes to break it down. So I'll give you all the short version. Basically, I didn't know that Bueller's repertoire was as advanced as it was. I was kind of under the impression when he came up that he might end up being a bullpen guy because he was a two pitch pitcher, and that is not the case. Like he's throwing five different pitches at least ten percent of the time. And, I mean, he's just got tremendous swing and miss stuff. He's averaging more than 96 miles an hour on his fastball. I think, obviously, the thing you need to worry about is the innings count. And then you talked about the Dodgers. I think what the Dodgers have really done is taken this approach with all their starters, even Clayton Kershaw now, where you're not going more than 95 pitches. Like, we're Mm going to pull you at 85 to 95. And so we're going to see a lot more five to six inning starts than we are you know, seven, six to seven inning starts. I think that's one way they keep the innings down. That's a way they're trying to keep Rich Hill healthy, Maeda healthy, Kershaw healthy. I think they're going to do that with Walker Bueller too. And so the innings overall is going to be a concern, but I think per inning, dude, this guy is just a beast and I want shares where I can get him. I like that part where you said, keep Rich Hill healthy. That's funny. I love, yeah. I didn't know it was <laughs> fictional podcast today, but it's funny. So we're, we're in the fictional range. Uh, last one here on injuries. Then we're going to talk about some guys and just kind of ask you both if, if they're any good. There's some mid-tier guys that are uh, surging, but let's finish with Yuan uh, Cespedes. He's going to resume activities today. By the way, I love seeing this as as like the headline, like because uh, I think of you know like a, a kid's summer camp. He's resuming activities today. Yuan is now allowed to do crafts. 
Uh, he got the glue everywhere last time, and so he had to take a week off. But he can resume activities. May, may advance know. to monkey bars in, in a week or two? Maybe. Maybe. That is on the table, but it has not been confirmed yet. He's back on crafts. And uh, he's back uh, for nap time. But those are the only two things so far. But, no, he's got the hip and the quad issues. It's been a, it's been a trying season for him, uh, for Cespedes. He's supposed to come back soon. Justin, is, is Cespedes somebody you go by low on now and, and try to spike something big in the second half? Or, or have you been fed up with uh, his on-again, off-again injuries that have limited him to 81 games all of last year and 37 so far this year? It, it- I mean, don't get me wrong, like the injury stuff is the reason I avoid him in draft season. Um, But the reason I'm going to avoid him as a guy to buy low on is the skills decline. I mean, the contact rate has dropped over 8%. Uh, His uh, O swing has gone up a little bit. Uh, It's like there's not much here. And and now there's competition, like in in that outfield. They've they've got, you know, Brandon Nemo, who has uh, uh, kind of come out of nowhere. And so, do they, how, how do they? keep Nimmo and Conforto uh, and when Jay Bruce is ever healthy, like all four of these guys in the lineup, um, obviously Cespedes is going to have the leg up on that considering the contract. But um, I just don't see any sort of skills that make me really confident that he's going to be great when he comes back. I mean, even last year, you know, at least the average was up. He was hitting for power this year. You know, average has dropped 40 points. It's not BABIP-related, as his BABIP has gone up in that same time. He's just not making a good contact or a ton of contact. So I don't think there's a ton to really kind of latch onto as a guy that I want to buy low on. Yeah, it's pretty tough, Sammy. Ioannis uh, Cespedes, as, as Justin highlights, the skills decline this year. Now, how much of that is while, while playing hurt, that sort of thing. But at age 32... You know, he always had kind of old manish skills, but uh, did still hit 292 last year. Could definitely see him. That, that's the beauty of Cespedes, though. When he gets hot, he can carry a club, whether a real-life uh, MLB club or your fantasy club. But uh, is, is, is Ioannis Cespedes somebody you want to go out there and try to scoop now and, and hopefully spike a big second half, Sammy? Uh, not particularly. Not particularly. I mean, he's just one of those guys, like – if he's not going to hit for a high average, and I mean, again, guys start to lose their speed and they start to lose their athleticism. You said he's 32. He's almost 33. Mm-hmm. And really, when you get to that point, if you're going to call him, say, a 270 hitter with you know 30 home run true power, is that fine? Yeah, it's fine. But I think there's plenty of guys out there that are like that. He's not a unicorn. He's not adding things that other players can't do. And Correct. so for me, I, I, and, and with the injury risk for me, it's just like, he's whatever. If, if, if I have him great, I'm going to put him in my lineup. I'm going to try to squeeze all the value I can out of him, but I'm not going out of my way to trade for him. And I think that if somebody drafted him high and then they've been holding him all this time, they're not going to sell him for cheap either. You know, that, that window's over. That's the tough part too, is that you see resuming activities. If you get in trade talks, you know, the person with Cespedes is going to go check that out and say, nah, I'm going to, I'm going to ride it out. So I think that's a good point as well uh, with Cespedes. So that, that's kind of the injury news right now. Let's talk about some guys that I'm classifying under the, uh, are they good, right? Let's, let's talk about the quality of these players and, and kind of see where we're at with them. Cause a lot of them are available either, uh, you know, probably easily via trade 
or on waiver wires in a lot of leagues. So let's start with a really interesting 4th of July battle out in Coors, a one nothing game, one nothing duel between Tyler Anderson and Andrew Suarez. Both guys had it going. Um, I actually like a little bit uh, from both these guys, but never in a million years considered starting either in Coors Field yesterday. So that, that shouldn't be too surprising. Sammy, between Tyler Anderson and Andrew Suarez, first off, who do you like better? And secondly, why? Why are you picking who you pick? Uh, I mean, I think it's got to be Suarez because I don't think that oh. Suarez – yeah, I don't know that Suarez is as good of a pitcher as Anderson, but it's the Coors deal, right? And you can look at Tyler Anderson and, and actually notice that he has pitched better uh, at home than he has away in his career. And I think that's kind of just small sample noise. I mean, you know, we're, we're still talking about, what, 300 career innings, something like that. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I think Anderson's actually a really good pitcher. Um, he's decidedly league average. He's got a Sierra around four. He's got league average walk and strikeout rates. I mean, a league average starting pitcher is actually a pretty valuable thing. But there's still that thing where I just can't start him in half of his starts. Because overall, it's not that he can't succeed in cores. It's that the one or two times in a season he doesn't, that can really wreck you. So for me... Get me the guy in AT&T who's probably close to as good, and that's Suarez. All right, Justin. I thought, I just guessed. I don't know why. I just thought Samuel was going to take Anderson. I was going to make you defend the, uh, the the Giants guy since you're a Giants fan. Give your thoughts on Suarez, but then I want to hear what you think about Tyler Anderson, who who was the one to win that, by the way. He threw eight scoreless, whereas Suarez threw seven innings of one-run ball, six strikeouts for Suarez, nine for Anderson. What do you think of this duo in their uh, – in their great duel in Coors yesterday. I really like Suarez. Uh, You know, the problem becomes what happens when the Giants start getting these arms back. We've got Johnny Cueto coming back. We've got Jeff Samarja coming back. Uh, Derek Holland, I believe, has already been moved to the bullpen. Uh, They need to move him to the DFA line. (laughs) <laughs> well, he he's been okay-ish, and plus then he's, stop it, stop uh, it. Well, I, <laughs> he has, he's, he's been very Derek Holland-esque, like you know, nothing spectacular. Not a compliment. Um, <laughs> but uh, he he's been adequate, and he's done a decent job of helping keep the Giants, uh, you know, in this race as they kind of uh, get these guys back. Uh, that being said, he, he has no business starting over Andrew Suarez or, or Derek Rodriguez. Um, the question really is, like, which one of those two isn't going to be in the rotation at some point? Um, mm-hmm. Though Roster Resource seems to think both they both of them will be. So that's uh, mm-hmm. it, it looks like they, they're setting up for a six-man rotation, which I don't, I don't really nah, buy. So I, don't see it. I think Derek Rodriguez is the guy. Um, that gets uh, sent back down. Um, so Agreed. I think. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. I think he's good. I think he's better than these guys. Really? I mean, oh, dude, yeah. Suarez, Suarez, he's better than Chris Stratton. Listen, let's how, let's be real, man. How, how dare you? Shot fired. Shot that, fired. That guy's trash, man. Come on, you can admit that he's a terrible player. Come on, break it, up, break it up. Break it up. Break it up, guys. This he this. is absolute garbage. That rotation should be Bumgarner, Cueto. Samarja, Suarez, Rodriguez, 100%. Guaranteed. Lock it down. World Series if they do that. If they get stupid. World Series. If they get stupid and send Rodriguez down, they don't make the playoffs. And Pablo Sandoval, closer. 
Listen, I'm fixing the Giants right now. Wow. Just just how dare you. First draft <laughs> garbage. Continue. Go ahead. Anyways, Sora is uh he was a little bit shaky when he first uh first got a, a spot in the rotation. Um but over his last uh his last five starts, uh 2.1 uh ERA, uh seven and a half strikeouts per nine, keeping the walks down, keeping the home runs down, has only allowed two home runs in his last five starts. Uh you know, one of them was in Colorado, so you can kind of forgive that. Uh I I think Suarez has a future in this Giants rotation, um, and so I think I'm going to go with him because, like Sammy mentioned, like I like Tyler Anderson's skills, and if he was a guy on a different team, I would probably be buying him. Uh, but I just I, I I can't buy a guy with you know average to above average skills pitching Colorado pitching half in colors. Yeah. yeah, it just it's, it's so just, scary. Here's the other thing. I mean, Suarez doesn't walk anybody. His walk rate is under five percent, mm-hmm. and when I, he gives up a lot of hard contact, is the thing. But he's in the right ballpark for it. I, I know you can't just look at one stat and be like, "Oh, that that's the end all be all." But Suarez has a three forty one Sierra. If he had enough innings to qualify, that would put him fifteenth in the majors between like Zach Grinky and Aaron Nola. I mean, that's, that's pretty good company. I I, I think nice. his skills are pretty good. All right, listen, I, I, I understand all that, and Suarez should take that garbage bag Chris Stratton spot, and then they're, and then they're cooking you. with gas out there. And, uh, and, uh, it may actually happen, Chris Stratton. <laughs> I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not going to, like, go and say, like, Chris Stratton is a, you know, top 50 pitcher and should be on that, you know, in, in the starting rotation. Like, but I'm also not counting that Coors start against him. Like, if you started well, Chris Stratton and Coors, like, you, you, you're a fish. Yeah. That, in that was in just fairness, dumb. you've never suggested that he's, like, some elite guy. No, so, no, no, uh, sure. It was always, like, kind of get him on the late round. But he does he, – if they're pushing somebody out, I think he needs to be the guy that gets pushed out. Um, all right, Justin, Aaron Hicks has 10 homers in his last 100 plate appearances. He is absolutely on one. Yes, he did hit three in one game. But, again, that means seven others in the other, you know, 95 – I don't know if it was a five-plate appearance game, but whatever. The, the point is, is that – uh, that's not it's not just confined to that he's been raking Hicks has now uh, for, for a good while and the bottom line on the season is 259 354 515 we started to see a breakout last year of course injury crept in I think we're seeing the exact same thing this year for me I'll just get my opinion before you guys go for me Aaron Hicks is an all-star caliber player who can't stay healthy I, I, I do not question the talent at all. Justin, what do you think about Aaron Hicks? I, I was going to say he's he's Rich Hill with a bat. I almost made that. I was going to make a Rich Hill joke, except that Man, he's y'all not. Are, y'all are cold-hearted. <laughs> he doesn't have I, crusty skin. Like, this, like, I love Aaron Hicks, and I've loved Aaron Hicks for a long time because I think people forget that Aaron Hicks was like the Byron Buxton of the Twins, you know, prospect circles with, before with Byron discipline. Yes, before Byron Buxton ever came along. Like this was one of the top prospects in baseball. And Hicks is good at baseball. That's mm-hmm. the difference. Yeah. You know, between he and Buxton, like <laughs> Hicks actually knows how to play baseball and then you have Buxton. This is a fact. And so like it's really cool to see him kind of put this all together uh, and be very good at the major league level. That being said, I don't trust the health. And if you're riding the hot streak, you ride the hot streak. But, you know, be prepared that 
tomorrow he could trip down the steps and be done for the rest of the year. That's true. But a lot of guys could for that. And But uh, the main health thing you're talking about is like it's not just freak accidents he's no. had. You know, just uh, his body just doesn't seem to hold up to the rigors. A lot of tissue. Correct. You know. And that's fair. But ride it out. I think he should be on a roster. Aaron Hicks should be on a roster in every single league at this point. I think on ESPN leagues, he's like 60%. That's crazy to me. Obviously, you missed a lot of the hot streak. But again, I don't think this is a hot streak that just goes away if he stays healthy. If Hicks stays healthy, I think he remains a force. Sammy, how do you feel about it? Oh, go ahead, Justin. I was going to say, this is like the kind of guy, like if you are – kind of in like the middle, bottom, middle part of your league, and you're looking for a guy that could really make a difference, this is a guy to go buy in on because if he can stay healthy, we're talking about, a, you know, a guy who a has... total stud. Yeah, top 30 outfielder, top 25 outfielder capabilities if he could just stay on the field. Agreed. Sammy, what are your thoughts on, on Aaron Hicks? Let me, let me throw some numbers at you right here. 155 games... 30 homers, 17 steals, 96 runs, 92 RBIs, 86 walks, 263, 364, 493. Those are Aaron Hicks' numbers over the last two years. That sounds like the last two years combined. Exactly. And it's basically a full season. That's what's up. Give me Aaron Hicks over Jonas Cespedes all day, day. every day. Twice on Sunday, because the key point that you mentioned there, by the way, is the 17 stolen bases. The dude can run. It's not just power. And of course, he's a switch hitter. So there's going to be opportunities to take advantage of that hilariously joke, uh, hilarious joke of a park. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of positives here. If Aaron Hicks Bro, can just he, stay healthy, he hits lead off for them against lefties. He's hitting sometimes fourth or fifth uh, against righties. You know, depending on if Sanchez is in the lineup or not. Dude, when you have those lineup spots in the Yankees lineup, in that ballpark. I mean, it's with these skills, dude, it is on. I'm all about Aaron Hicks. Yep, full, full agreement. So we sweep it. We love Aaron Hicks, definitely. Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and foreshadow here and think that he's going to be the best player we talk about here. But he's so widely available that I thought it was it was worth talking about. I originally put him on. I was like, let me check these uh, roster rates here because I don't want to be talking about an 85% rostered guy. And then everyone's like, well, yeah, no, we can't get him. And I'm sure a lot of people in uh, that listen to us play in, in tougher leagues that uh, he might not be so widely available. But if you play in a 10-team mixer, I picked him up last week in a really sharp league. So it can happen in a ten-team uh, in a ten-team league right now with like three outfielders, but I think Hicks needs to be on a roster in all those types of leagues. Let's talk about Jesse Winker and his power surge. He's hit five homers with a two thirty-one ISO in the last thirty days. He has six homers on the season, so that's the that's the bulk of his power. He's always been a good bat to ball guy coming up as a prospect, hitting was definitely something that uh, was always on the table. Nobody questioned whether or not Winker could hit. But can he hit for some pop? Like, well, what, what do we have here kind of going forward long term? Sammy, I'm, I'm seeing this surge from from Winker, and I'm kind of intrigued by it as a guy with, with prospect pedigree. On a quality team, by the way, do not sleep on Cincinnati's offense. Uh, I should say quality offense, not quality team, because their team is actually bad. But what do we think of, uh, what, what do we think of the, the power surge here for um, Jesse Winker? Excuse me. I mean, he, he's no Michael Lorenzen, but that's true. <laughs> so, so let's let's put that caveat up there. But Winker's exactly the kind of prospect that I tend to fall in love with because you look at his walk and strikeout rates right now. He has more walks than strikeouts. I mean, that is just forty-three walks against forty strikeouts. To me, that's like owning the strike zone. 
And so when you see a guy who already owns a strike zone, who's really good at making contact, all of a sudden drop his ground ball percentage from last year around 52.5% to this year it's about 41%, that's a big deal. Because it's not like he's just a punch-and-judy hitter. He's got a 44% hard hit rate. That's like, I mean, what, what is he? He's 24th in the major leagues. Just a couple of spots above Freddie Freeman, Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Hicks, Edwin Encarnacion, Mookie Betts. Now, don't get me wrong. Hard hit percentage isn't the end-all, be-all. But I think that just illustrates that this guy is not a punch-and-judy hitter. He has pop, and he knows what he's doing at the plate in terms of winning the battle of the count. I'm in on Winker, man. I, I think he's legit good. Justin, what do you think here? Because this might fall under the category of what we were talking about earlier with Glaber about how you take a prospect who doesn't have a lot of punch in the minors, and when he comes up to the majors, you you, you got to add a grade uh, or grade and a half of power, and he got a uh, 30 game power on his on his prospect report with 40 raw. He's playing more like a it, well lately he's playing like a. 50 60 power guy but but what, what do we think of jesse winker can he keep the power going because that's really going to drive his fantasy value because we know he can hit for some average and that gives him some deeper league value but can he keep mixed league relevance with this pop on jesse winker i don't know that he has enough power in the bat to be extremely relevant in like 10 or 12 team mixed leagues but like i mm-hmm. think he could be a melky cabrera-esque hitter uh, for 15 team links, you know, the, the nice things are you, you're seeing the exit velocity go up uh, a little bit uh, more than two miles an hour uh, this year. He he's really raised his launch angle this year. And I think that's where some of these home runs are coming from. Uh, his launch angle last year was 7.6, uh, 13.6 this year. So, I mean, oh, nearly doubling the, the, the launch angle. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I've never been a Winker guy. I just think he has too unsexy of a profile for me in fantasy. But I think uh, the changes uh, and the the average, especially in a, a time in, in Major League Baseball where guys are striking out a ton and he's striking out half, <laughs> half of most people's rates at this point, um, gives him some deeper league value, 15-team mix, obviously, and only. Um, and I don't think you have to pay very much to go out and get him uh, if, if he's not already available on your waiver wire. All right, so that's Jesse Winker. Again, we feel like the bat-to-ball skills and uh, zone judgments there, it's really going to – the power is going to determine just and how good he's going to be the rest of the season. And playing time, yes, because there is a little bit of a uh, congestion there. Scott Shebler quietly having a really good season. Billy Hamilton plays because of the defense. And then you've got Duvall and Winker there. Maybe they make a move. Duvall's 29 years old. And Shebler's 27. I don't think he's necessarily somebody they have to keep. They could trade either or both and then clear a path for Winker, who's been one of their big prospects for years. So keep an eye on all of that uh, as it relates to Winker. Let's uh, finish with a couple pictures here. Let's start with Zach Eflin, who uh, you know I think Justin, you and I talked about a long time ago. Uh, I know Nick and I talked about him like talking back in May, but he's quietly just gotten going really nicely as a 191 ERA and a 6 and 0 record and I don't usually talk about win loss records but when it's 6 and 0 that's nice you know you get wins out of a guy like that that you don't expect that's over his last 38 innings Eflin amplified his uh velocity and uh with it a lot of results have come and obviously once you see a velo jump that that can be enough to to you know, intrigue us in the fantasy community just to see what's going on here. What kind of changes are you making? He's doubled his strikeout right now. 
In fairness, it's because he was a comically bad 12.5% last year. So the fact that he's up to 243 this year uh, is what has allowed him to double it. But he hasn't really had any damage to his walk rate, which was already good. It's still 5% up, up a tick from 4% last year. So a lot of good stuff going on with Eflin. He's really dove into his uh, slider changeup mix as well, having a lot of success on that quality team. Uh, Sammy, is Zach Eflin somebody that you think is a mixed league uh, viable starter the rest of the season? I do. I do. And and you kind of alluded to it uh, just a second ago when you were talking about him uh, really ramping up his slider and changeup usage. Both usages on those pitches are way up from last season. And when you combine that with a guy who goes from 93 and a half miles an hour to 95 and a half miles an hour, it's like, dude, Zach, Zach Eflin is kind of lit. And mm-hmm. it, I mean, look at dude, his swinging strike rate is up to 10.8%. This isn't an amazing rate, but when you know that it was 7.3 last year, you're like, okay, this guy is not just doing better with his pitch talent, but also his repertoire. You can see real reasons why he's, his performance has gone up and you can look at that pitch mix. You can look at the velocity and say, look, if I have a guy with that kind of swing strike rate, almost 11%, who doesn't walk a lot of people and gas is 95 plus with a good pitch mix, forget about the name, forget about what you thought Zach Eflin was before. Pitchers are dynamic. Pitchers change. They change all the time. And the reality is this guy's 24 years old. He's been around for a couple seasons. So we were like, ah, oh, you know, I'm not sure. He was, he was, uh, I mean, what the, a first round pick. Coming out of coming out of uh, the draft, I mean, this guy's had talent. I think he's finally getting into it. I definitely think he's mixed league relevant. Justin Zach Eflin, um, you know, Sammy gives him a nice ringing endorsement here. He's been really good. It's hard to see. Well, I will say this, and I, I didn't have this on the notes. I apologize. He did leave with a blister in his last outing, which seems to bite everybody at some point lately these last couple of years. That uh, when they're riding hot, a blister kind of cuts them off but let's assume just for now until we get more news that that's not a major thing he is scheduled to to make his next start still on monday zach eflin somebody that you want the rest of the way justin he is i mean obviously i don't think he's going to continue doing what he's doing right now Uh, i do worry a little bit about the amount of fly balls he gives up uh, in that ballpark but that being said I love the velocity gain and I especially love it because it's really helped his slider play better the uh, having a little bit more of a mile per hour difference between uh, his fastball and his other pitches um, I like that he's kind of kind of th- he's throwing the curveball less because that is kind of a garbage pitch mm-hmm. um, so I-, I like what I'm seeing um, and it's it's very, very encouraging. I do worry that the home run rate won't stay stable where it is right now and that we're going to see some regression in the second half in that regards. But all things considered, he is he is uh, giving up really, really uh, little hard contact. His hard contact percentage right now about 25%. So, um, you know, maybe it won't be as strong as a regression point as maybe I'm, I'm a fearful of. Sure. Uh, I think that that makes a lot of sense with Zach Eflin. Again, stay tuned for news on that blister in case it becomes more more of a big deal. Again, I'm I'm seeing that late. I apologize on that. Uh, Let's wrap up with Brad Keller. Recently wrote him up at at the site. 
fake player. Oh, I am fake player, right? There's no one named Brad Keller. Uh, fake, fake stats, maybe though, because I'm. I was baffled by him. I looked, at, you know, I did some research on him because he'd been performing well. Let me give you some numbers. He's got a uh, what, two oh five ERA or something. Yeah, two oh five ERA in his last thirty six in, thirty one innings, but with a six percent strikeout minus walk rate. Like that just can't. Ha- like that's so bad. I think 12, 12 or thirteen percent is about average for starters. It's so bad, but heavy ground ball guy. That's where he finds his success. Brad Keller does it. By the way. Since he is fake player, because we people don't know, 22-year-old from the KC Royals. I figure I should say that because not everyone's going to even know who he is. But a 59% ground ball rate that's helping him keep the ball in the yard. I think he's allowed two homers all year. One. One homer in 56 innings. None as a starter. Okay, so yeah, none as a starter. Doesn't have a standout skill on either end of the strikeout walk. Obviously, the strikeout's terrible, but the walk isn't that great at 8%, 15% on the K. Been really weird. 82% left on base rate, 229 average. I believe in the ground ball capability, but I can't see the 209 ERA that he's had all year sticking. Justin, what's your read on Brad Keller? Because the results are great, but it has to come down. And I, I personally worry that the the come down could be severe. Yeah, this um, obviously different pitchers, uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna make the comp uh, because. Uh, because they're on the same team. This reminds me of Jake Junis from the beginning of the season when everybody got super hyped on him and what, what he was doing. Um, and while the strikeouts have improved for Jake Junis, everything else has gone to hell. Um, so uh, it's interesting because this was a guy that w- was relieving all year, and mm. all of a sudden they decided that they were going to make him a starter, and they've slowly built him up over his – uh, first six starts in the majors from going from you know half an inning or an inning to uh, uh, two innings to now he went eight in his last outing. I I think there's some massive regression points uh, coming. There, there's no way he's going to be able to continue to not give up home runs. Uh, the stuff isn't interesting. Uh, a swinging strike rate of just eight and a half percent gives up you know an average amount of contact. I just think that there's. Uh, Things that are, are, are not going to go well, and this guy isn't – he doesn't have, like, the ceiling that makes him worth the gamble for me. It's tough with Brad Keller, Sammy, because, you know, it's a two-pitch mix as well, fastball, slider, and he doesn't uh, – actually, I think he does kind of mix it up to where he has two fastballs, but even still, you're talking about two fastballs and a slider, so it's it, – it, you can call it three pitches, but it's still ostensibly more likely two, but it, I will give him credit for Seamer Sinker. Uh, to go with the slider and then a show me change that he's thrown like 15 times this year. Obviously, we know it's going to regress, but I guess I'll ask you, Sammy, regress to what? Like, what, what, what do you think we see the rest of the year out of a Brad Keller? I mean, I, I hope Brad Keller's parents aren't listening to this podcast because <laughs> we're savaging it. I mean, we, we just got to tell the truth about this guy. He's, he's faux, he's spurious, he is not genuine, and he's <laughs> going to be worth love it. nothing. I mean, just even you go back and look at his minor league stats, and I know those aren't perfect proxies, but in the minor leagues, he had a 136 whip in his career. I mean, he's currently rocking like a 14% strikeout rate, not even a two to one strikeout to walk. I mean, that's bad. I think that Brad Keller should not be on your 15 team mix. I just, I think 
that regression is going to hit so hard. It's like, you, you know when you do heroin all week and then... You I know, don't know that. Comes? No, I do. I don't. Yeah. So, so Mason knows what I'm talking about. You know, you just hang out, you do a bunch of heroin all week, and then you have that big come down that, you know, you're just sweating and you're writhing around on the floor. Mm, you know, you ever yeah. see train spotting? It's kind of yeah. like that. That is going to be the experience of owning Brad Keller. Jettison him off your team if he's on there right now. Just, just let go. That's yeah. I, listen, I, sorry for the moment of silence there. That was for his, uh, Brad Keller's fantasy viability because I, I just can't see it. I'm sorry. Like, I think I comped him to like a tie block in in the piece that I wrote up. Well, like, that this is that up. same. Oh yeah, guess, that's that's super savage. Damn. I'm dropping realness. You know, you're gonna have a six percent strikeout minus walk ratio that's the comp you're gonna get he's also a heavy ground ball guy here's the here's the bottom line for me with keller even if he does maintain a home run rate that is quality above average like really really good not not 0.2 homers per nine one all year none as a starter but something let's let's give him let's be friendly and give him 0.5 right he doesn't just won't allow too many homers 7.6 7.6 hits per nine is not lasting. There is yeah. no universe. 269 BABIP, 82% yep. left on base, not happening. With that much contact, it just isn't happening. This is a hit per inning guy. The 209 ERA is going up at least two runs. The bottom line one, too. I'm not saying that you're going to get a uh, 409 the rest of the way. I'm saying that the, the work is going to be so poor, the regression is going to be so sharp that the bottom line is going to be 409. Listen, Brad Keller. You might be a nice guy. I'm sorry we're savaging you. I just don't see how you're having the success. Maybe miss a few more bats, please. Okay? That's all we need. Uh, I think that's going to wrap it up, guys. We, we, we ended a guy's career. Uh, we made fun of an old man. And uh, we were generally mean. And, and we talked about uh, whether or not you should swear in front of your kids. So we've, we've run the gamut. Sammy, I'm going to give you a moment. Let people know where they can find you. I know you're on Twitter. You're doing work everywhere. Hit them with it. Yeah, get at me, at Sammy Reed FI on Twitter. It's become basically a Juan Soto fanboy account, so if you're into that sort of thing, uh, it's it's all day, every day. Uh, I'm going to be doing work for DFS football on Roto Grinders, uh, writing the read option, and uh, I do the Baseball Holics Anonymous podcast with my boy Doug Thurburn. Give it a listen. Yes, absolutely do that. Uh, it's a great show. Like I said, I have one on tap, so I'm eager to listen to that uh, this evening with 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 my dinner and and some baseball on mute. Justin, you did something excellent, and I would like you to let the folks know so that they can help us. Yeah, I registered uh, the sleeper in the bus for the podcast awards. So yes. if you want to help nominate us for the podcast awards, uh, you can go on to uh, podcastawards.com. Um, you just sign up and uh, and you. Uh, Vote for us in the uh, two categories, the People's Choice Award and the sports. Or if you like Friends of Fantasy Benefits, I've been telling people to do it for the People's Choice Awards for Sleeper in the Bus and uh, sports for uh, Friends of Fantasy Benefits. So Let me just just say this. This is literally one of the podcasts I listen to every time it comes on. You guys do awesome work. Obviously, people listening to it right now already like it, but – nominate this podcast get it some awards this this pod deserves way more pub than it gets and you already get wow. some but it's uh, I'm, well, I'm not joking you. with you and i'm not just saying this it's one of my favorite pods and you guys should be winning awards for this stuff so get at it folks which would be Thank awesome you. because like if we finally won an award for this podcast after eno left and i would on, be all you yes i i'm gonna take all the credit for it <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, I'm I'm here for it. I, I don't even know who who's Eno. Who's that? 
Yeah. You can, you can tell me about who he is offline. I don't mm-hmm. know who he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, no. Anyway, I'll fill you in. Thank he's, you all he's, so he's much. He's the Brad Keller of, of Sweet Brunson. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Oh, sorry, you know. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm I kidding. I love you. <laughs> he is Will Walker Beeler. I love the future for you know. Um, Tammy, thank you so much for joining us. Justin, have a great weekend. And uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Take it easy. Peace.